do I become aware of my true gifts, Mike, and effectively turn them into side income? Everybody should be asking that question if they haven't already because it's so easy when you're the eyes and the ears of God Almighty alive in time and space for the joy of it. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, I'm Mike Dooley, here to remind you once more that your thoughts become things. And I'm going to do it today by dropping another edition of a week's worth of spiritual tune-ups. These were broadcasted live. My answers to fellow adventurers' questions about life, dreams, and happiness. And each one took 5, 10, or 15 minutes. We've sewn them all together for your viewing and listening enjoyment. Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Jumbo, fellow adventurers, happy Monday. Mike Dooley here for a spiritual tune-up. And I do declare this week to be Entrepreneur Week. Ask your business questions. I've been an entrepreneur since my 20s and I've, uh, I'm almost 60. So uh, uh, do the math, a good long time, never went back, neither will you. Today's question inspired that and it's from you. Post your questions below on Facebook and Instagram. They could be my talking point tomorrow. How to find and monetize a side hustle. I love that side hustle. Doesn't that sound down low? All right. How do I become aware of my true gifts, Mike, and effectively turn them into side income? Everybody should be asking that question if they haven't already, because it's so easy when you're the eyes and the ears of God Almighty alive in time and space for the joy of it, where you're pushed on to greatness every day. Of course, there's going to be a metaphysical spin to this answer because life is a metaphysical adventure. So I got three things for you um, that will change your life. And none of them are going to be like, oh, wow, that's so sexy. That's so cool. I can't wait to tell my, my uh, other half. Okay, and that's the way, that's the trick that conceals where the hidden treasure is buried. It doesn't seem like that's where it would be. That's just a same old, same old kind of stuff. Okay, number one. Today, after this broadcast, I want you to do a Google or a web search on your favorite search engine and Google side hustles. Google easy startup businesses. Google how to create my own company. Google um, successful businesses of 2020. Okay. Just do some plain old research. Okay. It might be landscaping. It might be house cleaning. It might be chimney sweeping. It might be painting. It might be, there's no path you could pick that someone hasn't already blazed a trail down and lived happily ever after in opulence, wealth, creatively challenged with friends and laughter. House cleaning, landscaping, don't be looking for like, what's that thing that's gonna blow everybody's mind? No, no, no. And now remember, as I always teach, the path you start out on is not gonna be the path you arrive on. So it doesn't flip and matter what you start out on. Start out in house painting and you might be, you know, designing the next rocket ship. You start out with rocket ships and you might be cleaning barnacles off of boats and having the time of your life. What's important is you start something. So Google 
businesses that you can start. Find out what's clicking out there. Find out what's tried and true that's been around before the internet. Find out what's only emerged in 2020. Just do a couple of hours maximum research and then you're going to get wheels spinning. A side side search Google success stories, entrepreneurial success stories. Nothing gets your blood on fire in a good way more than reading about the successes of other people who stumbled into um, living the life of their dreams. Okay, so number one, do some research. Couple hours done. Number two, ask these questions. What do I love to do? What do I like to do? Same question. What do I really like? What do I love? What do I like? Like nature? Do I like people? Do I like animals? Do I like um, tall bald men? Do I like, uh, you know, working with my hands? Do I look like creativity? Do I like being alone? Make a big long list of things you like and love. That's question number one. Number two, then ask, what am I good at? What am I good at? What am I naturally good at? Okay. And uh, this doesn't have to be pertaining to making money. Just write some, you know, I like lighting campfires, okay? I, I like cooking eggs in the morning. I like just what do you like uh, and or are good at? And a side tangent here is maybe what would you like to be good at? Okay, just stuff that kind of interests you. Remember, we're not looking for the path that you're going to arrive on. We're looking for the path you're going to start out on. Okay, and it's going to be a path you jettison. So it's not that important. What are you good at? Are you good at connecting people? Are you good at articulation? Are you patient when helping somebody learn something? What are you good at? What would you like to be good at? Um, okay, that is the third question. What, what do you want to be good at? And the fourth question, there's only four questions. What have you survived? What's been the hardest thing in your life that you made it through to the other side and thereby you would be an awesome model, teacher, bright light to other people who need what, you, what you've experienced. Those four questions, what do you like or love? What are you good at? What do you want to be good at? What have you survived? You can come up with more questions. See how easy that is? To get you taking stock and inventory of your inner psychology, your guts, your glory. And then the third point. Okay, now both of those only take a couple of hours and you're on your way to a side hustle. The third thing. This is, uh, you know, not what you want to hear. Give yourself a deadline. Two days. By Friday this week. Oops. Start. Start it. I'll never forget one of the most pivotal, pivotal times in my career now that's 20 years old, writing, speaking, teaching on the nature of reality. I was walking with a dear friend, Norberto. Shout out to my brother out there. Survive coronavirus. You're my, you're my hero. Um, Norberto, who worked in the Orange County jails. And uh, I, I led on to him why I was volunteering to speak at the jails, and it's because I wanted to create a replicable training program. Today's Infinite Possibilities Train the Trainer program. Back then, it was a pipe dream, and it was just me going to jail every Tuesday morning to speak to inmates. 
And I said, Norberto, I've got this idea. You don't know it, but I've got an email list that's big. Um, I'm going to host a conference. And what I'm learning here, I'm going to teach other people how to do it, to go into jails, to go into corporations, to do it for free, to do it to make a lot of money. I said, I'm not ready yet, but this is where I'm going. And Norberto said, Mike, you are not ready. You are not ready. I was like, you know, he's not so brutal normally. He's like my friend. And I'm like, I'm like, I know I said it. I said I wasn't ready. He said, but do it anyway. Do it now. Nobody's ready. Nobody's ever ready. Do it anyway. And I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. Good one, man. Good one. It's the truth. It's the truth. Within four weeks, I had booked my first chain the trainer program. Today, there are 2000 people probably in almost more than half of the countries on earth probably on every continent that are teaching and training infinite possibilities, uh, reaching those who have not yet been reached. So start, dabble, try. Don't be like, well, I really don't know what my thing is. That means at least you got something that, that could be there. I mean, well, that's a bit of an overreach. Um, you might say, well, I found these possible roads and I know what the answers are to the questions that Mike posed, but I'm not really sure. If you've got some answers, that's all you need. I was never sure that I was actually cut out to be a writer until after I published my first, self-published my first book. And then I still wasn't sure if I would ever be a writer. I, every step of my path to this moment has been fraught with self-doubt. So don't let that hijack your dreams, hijack your side hustle. The world needs what you have to offer. You're ready. Start. And whatever it is you start, it won't be the thing, chances are. It's going to be the thing that you discovered because you started that other thing. I mean, look, I started selling t-shirts in my late 20s with my brother and mother. And that turned into a gift store called Totally Unique Thoughts with my writings on all the gifts. And that turned into Notes from the Universe. And that turned into World Tours. And that turned into this conversation we're now having. I could never have uh, imagined that. But deep down, I was like, I have something to say. I would love to say it. I would love to be a writer. I would love to just talk about and dwell on the nature of reality. And good God, just because I knocked on some doors and turned over stones, the universe then had the chance to connect the dots. So let this week be Entrepreneur's Week. I don't care your gender, your age, your nationality, your religion, or lack thereof. If you want a side hustle, side income, you can do it. You can have it. I don't care your IQ. I don't care your education levels. Did I say that already? Do it on the side. Do it on the side. How many times have people asked me in the last nine months, I can't really do anything now that there's coronavirus. I can't make... You can do almost everything I just said locked in your own bedroom, okay? And so do what you can now. Make hay. This is prime time. Jumbo fellow adventurers, welcome to another tune-up and this is Entrepreneur's Week. I'm Mike Dooley and here I bring spiritual ideas down to earth for traction. So we've got a metaphysical spin on everything and in this week it's about how you can get your business groove on because it's waiting for you. It's there. It couldn't be easier. Your thoughts become things. All right, so what I've done after announcing yesterday that this was Entrepreneur's Week, I got a ton of great 
questions. And a lot of them are pretty easy to answer. So I'm going to knock out three, four, five, six, seven questions right now. And what I don't get to, I'll answer tomorrow. Question number one, if I don't have the cash to launch, what should I do? Two-pronged answer here. First, one of the things that I've seen entrepreneurs and artists and all creative types do is get really excited one day or one night. They're bouncing off the walls. They can hardly contain themselves. I've been there myself. And in about a day or two, we're like, what was that all about? Was I delusional? What's wrong with me? That was ridiculous. That's pie in the sky. That's not practical. I don't have the cash. I don't have the experience. I don't have the intelligence. I don't have the patience. What was going on with me? That dream was a peek into future possibilities, probabilities that have great likelihood of coming to pass if you move towards them. What happens afterwards is we get a little logical. We start messing with what I call the cursed hows. We start worrying about how am I going to make that dream come true? Your job is not to figure out how. Your job is to zero in on the dream and define it wisely in terms of the end result. Then you turn it over to divine intelligence. The universe is on your team. Your wish is the universe's command. You must hold on to that dream and then show up, show up, show up with baby steps without insisting what works, how, when, or where. So one of the magical things that happens when you take that first baby step, timid, scared, doubtful, wondering if you're crazy, that's when the floodgates begin to tremble. Do you hear them trembling? No. Do you see them trembling? No. Does today look any different than yesterday? No. It's scary because you're not used to tuning into your spiritual senses and seeing with your third eye. So you've got to go on faith. You've got to go on trust. That's why all the religions talk about faith and trust. It's not in some religious sense, but you're not alone. And here's the adage I want to share that I've taught all over the world. Once you get started, the resources you need to complete the journey are added. Once you get started, the resources are added drawn to you. Law of attraction, thoughts become things, floodgates are trembling. If you're in motion, demonstrated by a start, by consistent, unending baby steps, consistent, unending, not one baby step, stop, look around. Then you start drawing out of the ether the resources you need, some you didn't even know you need, some of the ones you thought you needed you didn't need, total clarity. Taking action breeds clarity. So by all means, if you don't have the cash, you don't have the intelligence, you don't have all the things you think you need that you really do have, start anyway, okay? And then as you continue going, you have clarity, you become a lightning rod for serendipities. Now, if you flat out have zero cash, okay, then my second question that is an accumulation of many of your questions. Mike, should I get a day job or should I keep my J-O-B while I launch the business on the side? Are you kidding? Of course you should. There's no shame in a day job. Don't see it as just in case my dream doesn't come true. I've got this crappy job to go to. 
that your dream won't come true. Okay. If you have backup plans, your dream won't come true. Okay. Cause the backup plans say, you know, this is a little bit ridiculous, but I'm going to go out on a limb and just so I could say I did. Okay. So you don't want to have that attitude. The way you see your day job, it's a bridge. It's temporary. You can do it temporarily, whether it's another month or another two years. When your dream is taking off and you're the entrepreneur that you wanted to be in two years and the money's coming in and the resources have showed up, you're going to be like, two years was nothing for what I now have. I had, I, I had a wait of 12 years for how good things now are. So see your day job as temporary. Don't see it as a backup. Um, and then you can take all the stress off of you. Definitely have a day job. Mariah Carey had a day job. Did you know she has as many number one hits as the Beatles minus one? Mariah Carey. She was a waitress at a diner in New York City. Did that, was that a cop out? No, it was temporary. She did it so that she could launch her speaking career. Elvis Presley, you've heard of him. He was a machinist, factory worker while he was launching his music career. J.K. Rowling was a stay-at-home mom. Actually, she was a stay-at-the-local-coffee-shop mom. And she wrote Harry Potter series. Get a day job. Ain't no shame. Leave the drama for soap operas, okay? The universe doesn't need you to burn all your bridges and make this big declaration and tell all of your friends. Oh, you know, let it be easy. Let it be easy. Definitely get a day job. Number three. Should I get a business partner or is that my fear talking and I don't want to go it alone? Hey, whatever. You, people succeed with business partners. People succeed without business partners. If you're terrified, maybe you should get one. But here's what I would recommend. Get a partner who complements your strengths, not duplicates your strengths. And you complement their strengths. As many of you know, I started 30 plus years ago in business as an entrepreneur with my brother and mother. A little bit embarrassing, but you know, mom was there and she wanted to do something. And so CPA, artist, cool mom, we would joke. And um, it, it was not always easy. And sometimes it was very difficult. But our saving grace was I was the accountant in a corner over here. Andy, my brother, was the genius artist in a corner over there. Mom was, was our hero, and she would go work in the retail stores that we both loathed. Okay, so we each had different things to do. That's how a partnership can work. If you're both two best friends and you got so much in common, and then it's a little sketchy. Uh, I would look for somebody else. But... I'm sure best friends can do it too. It'll just bring different challenges to the fray and different cha challenges are good. They'll make you more than who you ever dreamed you could be. Uh, last question, and then I'll be saving some more for tomorrow. Is going in debt to launch a business okay? I should have prefaced yesterday's and today's session, and let me blanket this for the rest of the week on the entrepreneurial series. Every answer I give is uh, subjective, is my perspective, is my experience, and what applies for one person may not apply to somebody else. So there's no absolute answers in these types of questions. 
So is going in debt okay? You know, like all of them, maybe, it depends. I would highly recommend avoiding it at all costs. Um, I can tell you when we launched the t-shirt business over 30 years ago, mom, Andy and I, I had sold my uh, home in Boston for a nice profit. I had hardship bonus from working in Saudi Arabia in the Middle East. I, mom had a nest egg. We were able to coast for a couple of years without any money coming in. And I don't think I would have started a business personally um, under any other circumstances. And then when that business wound down, which is now 20 years ago, 10 years into the t-shirt business, we liquidated the inventory and we each went our own ways. Uh, at that point, I had enough money to coast financially for two years. And I don't know that I would have launched a, a business uh, otherwise. So, you know, there's no shame, again, in having a J-O-B and saving up some money before you go in business instead of thinking, well, I have to do it today and I have no money, so I'm going to get a loan, uh, borrow on my credit cards. Hey, that's worked for some people. That's worked fantastically for some people. Um, but that's a lot of stress. And uh, for me, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go in debt unnecessarily. In fact, my two-year savings started dwindling quickly as I was writing for free, speaking for free, doing different things for free. But then I launched Infinite Possibilities, the audio program, and I was advertising it. We're going to talk about advertising tomorrow, marketing tomorrow. Um, and, and suddenly I had a, a, uh, a little cottage industry selling like crazy infinite possibilities the 12 cd cassette tape audio program and the only way i could fuel the flames of growing sales was to go through all of my savings and deep into credit card debt but i only did that almost two years into my foray and i only did it because at that point I had an indisputable winning product on the internet um, that was very, very profitable. And the more I advertised, the more money I made. And then I gave myself license to go deep in debt. And within a year, I was uh, in the dough. Jumbo fellow adventurers, another installment of a spiritual tune-up geared to entrepreneurs. Whether you're thinking about it, starting it up, a veteran, I've got some insights for you that I think you're going to like with a metaphysical twist. So the questions have been pouring in. Please ask your questions below under this video today and or on Instagram if that's where you're watching. And your question could be my talking point tomorrow or later in the week. All right, so the first question, Mike, acceleration. What do you do when it seems like nothing you do makes your business grow? How long do you hang on? Is this a sign from the divine? What should I do? I know too well how long it can seem that it's taking when you're starting up a great big dream because you've got the champagne caviar vision partying on top of the mountain and it's just like, you know, week after week, month after month, you know, it's just like flatline. This happened when mom, Andy, and I were doing the t-shirt business in 1989. Holy cow. And for the first year, I got zero as a paycheck. Year! And I had left a career at Price Waterhouse as a tax consultant. I was like, biggest mistake of my life. And then 
Year year two, I made $24,000. Year three, we were a million dollar company with million dollar sales back to back to back to back. And when things started working, it was like, that didn't take long. But in the interim, it felt like it wasn't happening. Fast forward to the 10 year anniversary of that company, we liquidated and I began my career teaching, writing and speaking. And for two years, I would drive by my mom's house in the middle of the day on a work day and bum cigarettes off of her and tell her, lament, when's my life going to take off? What happened to the damn magic? What happened to thoughts become things? Because that was my buzzword, buzzwords back in the 1990s. And then wouldn't you know, by year three, I'm on a world tour. I'm selling products, an audio program. I then get invited to speak in the secret. Um, I self-publish books and then Simon & Schuster comes along and gives me an offer I cannot refuse. It's like, it blew up. And again, I'm suddenly thinking like, wow, this didn't take long. This is for what I got? The payoff was out of this world. It was like, wow, I, I would have waited a lifetime for the life that I was living 17 years ago and it's only gotten better ever since. So how do you keep the faith during those initial years that feel like decades. I've got three things to tell you. Number one, keep busy. Keep busy. If you run out of stuff to do because there's no clients, make stuff up. Try new stuff. Number two, be flexible. Diversify. Knock on new doors. We started out as a t-shirt company. By the end, we were selling coffee mugs and shot glasses and greeting cards and posters and... Um, you name it, that's what our t-shirt business evolved into. And it evolved into what I do now, writing, speaking, and teaching on the nature of reality. So, so just get going, diversify, busy, diversify. And number three, enjoy, enjoy. I, I have so often looked back to those initial years in both of those ventures. And I remember myself so stressed out because things weren't growing. I thought I made the biggest mistake of my life. What, what have I gotten myself into? What's wrong with me? But by staying the course, by keeping busy, by applying myself all the way, that enabled the universe to connect all these dots, dots represented by my baby steps, and the masterpiece has taken my breath away. So that's how you accelerate. Number two, Mike, how to get over marketing reluctance very few of us are naturally braggadocious, if that's the right word. We don't like bragging. We don't like saying, I'm so good. My services are the best. Don't you want to try my Frisbee and my hula hoop? Mine are better than everybody's. You know, nobody needs to market and advertise that way. But as I learned from professional speakers back in the day, 20 years ago, it is one of your greatest responsibilities to tell your audiences, your clients, your customers, who you are and what you offer. And those in the audience who are lit up, and there will be many, by your message, your vibration, your je ne sais quoi, they will be so grateful to discover that you've got a book, an audio program, um, and the things they want to know, they want to know, they deserve to know. They've left their home, they've put their kids in daycare so that they could spend a day with you in a workshop, or they went to the mall and bought your products or your flowers or your services. 
they deserve to know all that you have to offer. And when you look at it that way, it becomes a no-brainer and it's much easier to market and advertise yourself. You're doing it for those who want to know more. There will always be the others in the audience who are like, would you shut up? You're so full of yourself. You need to get off of your cloud. I have been, I have been accused of all of those things. Um, but I finally learned that I wasn't there for those folks. And no matter what I would have done, they were going to fade away anyway. You owe your fans a full explanation of what you have to offer and let it be fun to share that story because you love what you do. Number three, how am I monetizing? How is Mike Dooley monetizing these broadcasts? Oh, that's a good one. Um, sometimes, based on your own uh, needs and desires and uh, resources, uh, you go for the long haul and not everything is about making the bucks. Although, if you've paid attention to what's happened on the internet since its inception going mainstream in the late 1990s, it is the companies that offer the most and best and highly valued free stuff that are the absolute wealthiest. Google, the best search engine ever, People flock to that free search engine, which costs them billions, ultimately, to develop. And they make no money on their search engine. But then you buy some hardware, some storage space, uh, a Google phone, um, uh, all their other services, and they are rich. Facebook, same thing. Uh, Wikipedia, different business model. The folks who offer core stuff that they're passionate about attract masses exponentially on the internet. And so I stumbled into that business model that Harvard now calls the dream business model for this millennium, a free service on the internet. That's your mainstay. That's your heart and soul. And then optional purchases for those who want more. Those who want more will be a small percentage but they will be enough to carry the day. I started out sending out emails for free from Mike, not too popular, but that evolved into Notes from the Universe, very popular. That platform enabled me to sell audio programs, world tour tickets, um, you know, and all that I now have, uh, memberships, uh, everything. And to this day, Notes from the Universe is still free. That's exactly what I'm doing with these spiritual tune-ups. I am doing them for free. I appreciate the stars and uh, the shares and I encourage them. It's a little uncomfortable for me to do that. And I don't know where this is going. I'm not attached. And I, I, I always advocate, don't attach to this path, that path, or the other. Attach to abundance. Attach to joy. Attach to being an entrepreneur. But don't say an entrepreneur that does this. I'm going to do, be an entrepreneur, provide for myself and my family, and I'm going to try that and try that and try that, and I'm going to be flexible, and I'm going to stay busy. I'm going to be agile. That's how you do it, and it's truly easy because you live in a world where you are pushed onto greatness every single day. Your thoughts become things. You have the gift of the gods. If you want to be an entrepreneur, try it out. You don't have to be dramatic about it. You don't have to quit your day job, as I shared yesterday. You don't have to scare yourself, although it might be pushing your comfort zone. And 
while it's probably one of the easiest ways to make a fortune, that doesn't mean um, that there won't be trying and difficult moments. It's just an easier way than other ways, but it still has its moments. You deserve it. If you're thinking about it, knock on that door. Jumbo fellow entrepreneurial spirits. This is Mike Dooley and this is business week for our tune-ups. Thanks for joining me. Thanks for your questions down below. I love answering them. They are my talking points each and every day. So straight up today, what do you do, Mike, when you know what you want? Creative fulfillment, friends and laughter, wealth and abundance, a rocking career, your own company. You know what you want, but you don't know how to get there. And then this questioner, I'm very honored. Uh, thank you so much for reading my work, obviously. Further asks about the cursed hows, which I will explain in just a moment. It's the same question. Um, how do you know what action to take if you don't know the how? And if we're not supposed to worry about the hows, don't mess with the cursed hows, I teach. How does anything get done? For the benefit of all watching, if you would like to be a super manifester, uh, you want to ace the law of attraction, your thoughts become things and you know it, it is imperative that you do not mess with the cursed house. My, uh, my adjective there, the cursed house. Um, why? Because as soon as you say this path here, is how my dream will come true. Or that path there, or this contract, or that business partner, or that romantic flame. As soon as you in settle upon a how, you exclude all other possibilities. Who in their right mind would do that? You slam shut the door on magic and miracles, and you command that the universe deliver to you on your time frame, your schedule, with your people, the brain can't handle those logistics. You might think that's the best way, but in three weeks, there's going to be coronavirus too, you know, and the universe knows that. So the universe is like, don't go down that path, hypothetically, coronavirus too. So the question then becomes, as was so astutely pointed out, if we're not supposed to mess with the cursed house and thereby limit divine intelligence, how does anything get done? Okay, okay. So the presumption here or the, the link up that need not take place here is thinking that if you don't mess with the cursed house, you don't do anything. That's never been what I've said. Like many, massive action. Do all you can with what you've got from where you are. The thing that makes a cursed how, for entrepreneurs and everyone else, a cursed how is not what you do. It's how you view why you did it. If you're viewing that thing as this is how my dream will come true, too much pressure. Instead, view it as this might be how my dream comes true. I'm going to be there fully, 100%. I don't know if there's coronavirus 2 or 3 or some other thing in the logistics that divine mind is handling. So I'm going to give it my all down this path but I'm open to better. I'm also going to simultaneously knock on this door and knock on that door and diversify. I'm going to start writing my book. I'm going to start my coaching business. I'm going to 
hone my professional speaking abilities, the more paths you try out, the greater the infinite possibilities you avail the universe of to connect dots that will blow your mind. So the simple trick here is continue to formulate plans, continue to create a business strategy, and by all means, knock on doors, turn over stones, but never at any point will you get so narrow in your definitions of how your dream of wealth and abundance and a rocking business will take off that you allow yourself to close down doors and options. So follow your heart, choose the least sucky paths, both of which are in earlier spiritual tune-ups of mine. Just have that dream of the end result good plenty, rainbows and unicorns, wealth and abundance, a rocking business that takes you all over the world on first class sleeper seats. Have that end result and then do all you can with all you got from where you are, knocking on doors with a glad heart, not insisting or attaching to the outcome of a path. Do attach to the outcome of the big picture, okay? I've got time for a few more questions here. Mike, and this is from somebody who does what I do, wants to do what I do, wants to go out there and start teaching. Mike, who am I to teach? To teach about the nature of reality, to teach about metaphysics, to teach about living a rocking life. For, the, for those of you out there who might be in that boat, those were the questions I asked myself 20 years ago when I started. And when I started out doing what I'm now doing, I was at the bottom of my rope. Uh, it was the dark night of my soul. Nothing was working. And I remember after sending out emails that turned into notes from the universe and making no money, I decided to record with the help of uh, divine intervention, infinite possibilities, the art of living your dreams. Somebody invited me to do a joint venture audio program with them and then they bailed, leaving me to hold the bag and I had to title it, write it, deliver it. Best thing that ever happened to me. Um, and I noticed that in my stories, to give myself credibility, they were old. Like my stories, you know, I was 40 years old, my best manifesting stories, where there was just like this, like, oh my God, was like when I was 25, 15 years old. Like, who am I to be teaching this stuff? And as I've shared with you before, I would tell myself then, Mike, you're living your greatest story right now, okay? And you just hang in there, you teach best what you most need to learn. As Richard Bach said in his famous book, Illusions, I highly recommend it, Richard Bach, Illusions. You teach best what you most need to learn. You'll teach best to other people what you're navigating and going through in that moment. Do you think Richard Branson would be a good teacher of entrepreneurism today in his 60s, 70s, whatever he is? Uh, nothing against his age, and I salute that entrepreneur of all entrepreneurs, what an amazing maverick. Or do you think he might be a better teacher if you caught him when he was 25, flying off the seat of his pants without any credentials or accolades? He was out there living it in the trenches. That's when he would have been the best teacher. And that's where you may be right now. And that's when, that's how you become your best teacher. Realize you're learning and applying on the fly and at a time when things are shifting, who better to teach than you? Number three, how to start over after bankruptcy. 
Well, I've had my highs and lows and dark nights of the soul, but I have not had to deal with bankruptcy. But I do have uh, experience to draw from um, personally unrelated to finances. And I have uh, a lot of people that I've helped and talked to over these couple of decades. Here's what I suggest when you're going through your own dark night of the soul, your confidence is been obliterated, you, you hate yourself if, I, if it's that bad, you self-doubt, you have no enthusiasm, don't even try to figure out what you did or how you contributed to be where you are now. Just know that it's playing to your wild best interest. You live inside the heart and mind of divine intelligence. Everything is adding to who you are. You can't see that right now, but you will see that one day. Do not try to figure it out. It hurts too much and you'll draw bum conclusions. Instead, drill down to how life works, the logistics of living the life of your dreams. Your thoughts become things. You get what you think about. Choose your words wisely. Show up with baby steps. Don't attach to the cursed house and you will be legend. Okay? So you, this is what you focus on. And as you bear down and keep dancing life's dance, you'll find enjoyment. You'll take your eye off that pot waiting for it to boil and your upward spiral will lift off. And you'll be asking yourself, as I have so many times, what did I ever do to deserve so much? Jumbo fellow adventurer and happy Friday. This is Mike Dooley time for the final spiritual tune-up of the week. This week's theme has been entrepreneurialism how to get your groove on. Got a number of questions for you today, but the one that really struck out, stuck out first for me is so applicable to how we engage with life, whether or not you're an entrepreneur. Mike, how do I avoid devaluing myself, my talents, my skills? What do I charge? Something that you learn very quick as an entrepreneur, particularly as a speaker, but it applies to everybody, is that if you don't charge enough, people will immediately assume that you've got a low-grade product. Uh, speakers very often in this realm and genre will try to speak at Unity Churches or Science of Mind Churches, and often they do it for a love offering. That means anybody can show up, and at the end of the event, they can pay however love moves them. And generally, the expectations of such a presentation are like terrible. It's somebody who's not really into it. They're really tentative. They're really scared. They don't know if they should sell their self. Whereas if somebody showed up and said, you know, I've got this program for you and it's, you know, $700, it's going to take a week. Um, that would seem more valuable to, than a program that would take a week that was $100. Just immediately, your clientele, your people will assume and associate a higher value for what you're doing if you charge more. Don't assume as a beginner that you should be charging zero because everybody will think you're a beginner and it's not worth anything. So, in addition to that, here's a weird corollary I have found in business. And that is the newer and greener you are, the more you should ch charge. Okay. You've got stuff to offer. You have insights and you need to be 
uh, proud of it, uh, as proud as you want your clients to be. So if there's a range where your peers are charging between $100 and $500 for say coaching, and you're new, you should be charging 500 or 400. Whereas if you're a veteran and you've been coaching your whole career and you know, you've made it work, you walk the talk, uh, you've got a lot of breathing room and there's a range between 100 and 500, not necessarily for one-on-one coaching if you're a veteran, but I would go to the low end. Um, you've already established your credit. Uh, your credibility. You've already kind of made your mark. For example, um, my first events in the world, day-long events, you know, generally they were at the $200 range, which was as high as most people would be charging as a beginner. And people showed up and it was a good deal. Now we're doing these online video courses that I put as much into, if not more, that should be valued at $200. One's going to be announced maybe later today. Um, but we're selling them for $19 or $29. Now we've got economies of scale and we can ramp it up on the internet, but the gross is more, the profit is more, the love is more, the, the inclusion is more. So you should definitely always charge. Nobody gets a free ticket. Even when we do financial offers and financial aid, we make people pay a dollar or $10. No one's free. The newer you are as an entrepreneur, the more you should be at the top range. Just trust me. And the more experienced you are when you have economies of scale and you're not talking about you being one-on-one with a client, um, then the less expensive you are. Like I said the other day, uh, those who give away the most for free, like Google and Facebook are the most profitable and gigantic companies on planet Earth. Attract with a low price. And then for those who want more, an optional purchase. A few other great questions came in. Um, Mike, how to start your business? Where, when, how? I've actually touched on that several times this week. Uh, But to be crystal clear, any way anywhere, anyhow, you can start, start. And if you can do that today, then do it today. Think not that you need to burn your bridges. Think not that you need to make this declaration and have everybody hold you accountable. I mean, come on, you're not that flimsy, right? You're not going to just back out that quickly, are you? If you care, you care and you're going to do it and you're going to do a little bit here and a little bit there and keep your day job. So there doesn't need to be all that drama and all that suspense of like, when do I cut the ties and make this gigantic leap? Let it be easy. Okay. Number three, third question for today. How do I build my clientele? That's the, that's the billion dollar question. But one trick I have found is focusing on the ones you have. Uh, in other words, if you don't have clients per se, and maybe you write notes from the universe or something, be fully present, be in the moment. I can remember when I was sending an email, my daily emails to under a hundred people, 36 people the first time. Uh, I can remember uh, when it was a thousand, when it was 2000, when it was 5,000, I would write as if I was speaking to the entire world, as if there were millions on my database. I would act as if it was all important. 
And if you deal with what's on your plate already with the highest regard and you step forward in your best form, then not only will you light up your clientele or your customers or whoever they are, but you're going to be this, this source of energy that literally attracts more and more business to you as you continue dreaming, as you continue working with your words and affirmations, as you keep showing up in the physical world. Question four, what suggestions do you have for those who feel stuck? We all know that feeling and it sucks. Um, you want to go faster than things are going. Uh, invariably, my answer is going to come back to now that you're in motion in your entrepreneurial pursuits, do stuff, be in action more, try something different, ask for help, knock on a door you've never knocked on before. Don't keep doing the same old things that gave you the same old results. You know, mix it up. Case in point, these daily spiritual tune-ups that began in March. I mean, you know, I'm at this 20 years now. I don't need to be doing this. And I certainly don't get paid for these spiritual tune-ups other than the stars, which you send me, some of you, and I'm very appreciative of those. But as I shared the other day, who knows where this is going to go? I'm having a good time. It's a lot of fun. People are finding value in it. It's going to lead from one thing to another to another. And that way I don't feel stuck. I don't feel like it's getting stale. Mix it up. We used to be a t-shirt business, Tut, Tut Enterprises, me, Andy, and mom. And in the beginning, it was 12 white t-shirts with black ink and a splash of red. Well, we diversified into every size imaginable from, imaginable, from baby rompers to triple XL, from sweatshirts to hoodies to rompers to greeting cards, posters, keychains, um, Self-published books were in that mix back in the 1990s. We were constantly doing new stuff, constantly going to new trade shows, constantly taking, uh, doing things kind of on an experimental basis. And that alleviated the feeling of being stuck and it created new avenues for prosperity to reach us, including turning a t-shirt business into writing and speaking as, as I do now and as my brother does. Uh, number five, what if you don't know exactly what you want, but you feel a change coming? That's exciting. One, the only thing you shouldn't do is just idly wait for that change. So prepare thy way. You know, just get your house in order, metaphorically and physically, tidy up, open up that bandwidth so that you can dive in, do some Google researches, um, ex, you know, ask about business, ask about love, ask about cooking, ask about whatever you're into, knock on all these doors, arouse optimism, you know, create this sense of excitement, prepare the way. And if you have some inkling as to where it might be coming from, like a particular business or book or romance, you know, what can you do to, to make your own baby steps in that direction, maybe meet your good fortune halfway. And finally, last question. Two people yesterday asked me about destiny and does destiny exist? Well, great question. And certainly it could have implications for those who want to be entrepreneurs. Is this right for me? Is this where I'm supposed to go? Um, have the stars aligned? How do I know? 
Well, the short answer is there's absolutely no such thing as destiny. Um, however, there are such things as probabilities. And we all choose the stage of our life, including our parents and our body and the time that we're born and uh, the freckles and blemishes and you know how much hair we'll have. We choose that ahead of time for the likely probabilities that will thereby exist suited to our own taste for adventure, love, savoir-faire. And so we all have probabilities uh, before us, and the, but they, they're not destined. We're not supposed to go down them. We can change our probabilities on the fly. We can decide we like something that we never really knew we would like so much, or we can decide, you know, I thought this would be really cool and it's not so cool now. You don't have to know what your probabilities are. You just have to follow your heart just to the degree you can. And if your heart has been muffled for too long, like most of us, then just what do you think your heart might want to be telling you? What do you think might make the most sense emotionally and logically? And those are directions that you can move in. And again, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing to be an entrepreneur, to fall in love, to do whatever you want to do. Ease into it and begin once I sign off this little tune-up. There you have it, fellow podcast listener. Now, let's stay in the zone. If you haven't already, please visit my website, tut.com, where you can sign up along with one million other subscribers for my free daily notes from the universe. You can also find out about my infinite possibility membership for a price you choose. Every single Tuesday, I do a live broadcast, a 30-minute mini manifesting workshop. Members have access to the last 52 mini manifesting workshops. So check it out. And if you have a moment and these podcasts move you, I would be deeply grateful for a review at the Apple podcast platform. Go to tut.com, look for spiritual tune-ups, look for the link for podcasts. If you send us a screen grab of your published review at Apple, we've got a very special bonus waiting for you. Check out the links, read all about it. Thanks for being here and I'll see you on the next podcast installment.